0: There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. When?
1: When? What are we waiting for? Take this. <laughs>
2: Hello everybody, welcome to the Tim Gaither Podcast, episode 98. My guest today is going to be Jeff Keith. Jeff is a comedian, an actor, a writer, he's been on MTV, ABC, he's got uh, way too many credits for me to list. If you want to check him out, go to jeffkeith.com, he spells his name G-E-O-F-F, keith.com, and uh, really funny, cool dude, and I'm looking forward to talking to him, so let's give him a call.
0: Jim Gaither,
2: what's up, man? <laughs> are we on? I'm on podcast voice. I like your radio podcast voice. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. My uh, wife and son just left. She uh, works and her, her parents have a... Uh, they they work out of out of their house, so they have a basement office over there. So she's able to go to work. Um, so she goes over there Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I get uh, I get the day to myself. But uh, I I got oh got it that lucky. That's so great. Yeah. Well, she's only gone for about four hours, but yeah, I get about four hours to myself to to try to do stuff, which is nice. And and uh, I got up with him Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I also get up with him whenever he wakes up, like six thirty or seven in the morning, and he's usually. Yeah. He's usually pretty cool. Like he'll just sit there and and like watch cartoons on my lap for like an hour, which is really nice. But then occasionally he just wants to get up immediately and start and 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 if you don't want to play or whatever, like he just starts having a fit like if you don't want to go outside. He's at that age. He's only 17 months, so it's freaking difficult, man. <clears throat>
1: yeah, well, I got two and they're Do they know? My daughter's gonna be born June 24th, and my son turns to January 31st, right after he brought coronavirus
0: to America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little boy, by the way, just
2: looks like a little baby model. Yeah, he's he's a stud, man. I'm not sure where he gets it, but he's uh he's a good looking boy. He uh. He like got the he like got the best parts of both of us and the, the he didn't get the the parts of us that neither of us like so that worked out. That's great. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty cool but like I said he's at that age where he uh you know, he just they, they don't understand shit so you're like just one second dude, just one second. I just let me get, you know, like I'm making him breakfast and he's just like stomping his feet he wants picked up, you know and you just can't make them understand, you know, like, man, I promise you, this isn't going to take as long as you seem to think it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, my wife always laughs because I don't do it anymore, but I used to do this thing with my daughter where, uh, my wife was great with kids she was a teacher since she was, I think she started teaching in, while she was in college and so she's awesome. She has her own cheer company where she teaches cheerleaders, so she's always around kids. And she really knows how to handle them. And I would do this thing, not on purpose, but whenever my daughter would, you know, break something or, you know, draw on something she shouldn't have drawn or whatever, I'd always do this thing subconsciously, i go back to explain to her how much it costs. (laughs) And my wife would just laugh at me. She's like, she doesn't get it, Jeff. She doesn't...
2: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, all that crap you hear before you have a kid. You you know, I, <clears throat> I remember thinking to myself, like, how much work can it be? And then you have one and you literally just never stop unless they're taking a nap. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's re- really hard. It, and time goes so fast. I, it seemed like yesterday you were at the Comedy and Magic Club being like, yeah, we're gonna have a baby. And you were pretty unsure about it at the time, like, ah, eh, shit. <laughs> And uh, and I can't believe it's been four years already.
1: Yeah, I remember when we found out, well, because my wife and I got married, and then I remember we were talking about, I think before we got married, we were talking about like how long we wanted to wait to have kids. We both wanted kids. And I remember, uh, I didn't like really joke about it, but I would tell people the story how I was obviously just, you're just kind of scared of having a kid cause you're never really ready for what that's going to be. So uh, I go, well, how long do you want to wait? What, after we get married, and Christy said, and I knew she was going to say something lower than me, so she goes, I don't know, maybe we'll make, wait uh, like three years, or she, did she say two? She said two or three, and then I said, well, I think we should wait 10 years, totally not really meaning and and she goes, 10, I go, all right, we'll do five, and then she's like, five, and they go, "I came down five years, off mine, like I was just doing a negotiating thing, Yeah. but it, it, it didn't matter, because three months after we were married, <laughs> she was pregnant we didn't plan it and I just remember the thing that's funny we found out I was leaving that night on a red eye she got leaving for a few weeks and neither one of us were I mean we were both like kind of just took us by surprise when we found out she was pregnant and you know we're obviously married and we're not you know we're we're
2: You mean when you first found out that she was pregnant? so you do like you do like it oh I love it I, I
1: mean it's like you said it's a a ton of work and you really do miss like the freedom to be able to do certain things obviously there are a lot of things you should be able to do yeah and it rewires what you think you know because you're not thinking about yourself anymore you
2: Oh, really? We, we got- Yeah man it uh I'm glad to hear you say that cuz everyone else everyone else says that it becomes easier with two for some reason and because they like you know um babysit each other kind of a thing they keep each other entertained but uh, that never sounded yeah, right yeah a little bit yeah yeah cuz we've been you know considering it i mean now we're not really even thinking about you know trying to have a daughter but n- now i would kind of like a daughter like when i when I found out that we were having a son, my anxiety level went way down. You know, just the idea of having a boy over a girl made me less nervous. And now that I see what a what a, what a freaking uh, uh, what's the name of that character in the, those Looney Tunes, Tasmanian Devil. That's what my boy is like, dude. That that's what he's like. And. <clears throat> And I've heard that about about bo- about that girls they like cuddle with you more and they're like they they chill out they don't freak out as much but I don't know I think it depends on the kid I don't know if it's a sex thing or not have you noticed a difference uh, Yeah, my daughter
1: is way. First of all, we're lucky we had my daughter first because she was uh she was not as. Uh... Are you still there?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: She was really. She cried a lot as a newborn. Like when she was hungry as a newborn, she'd wake up kind of scream crying. Yeah. And you know that was like that was the only kid we've ever had. So we're like, well, I guess it's what a baby. And then my son, this guy. I mean, now he cries and whines like whatever if he's tired or he gets hurt. But he doesn't like cry for that long. He's like oh, he always gets over it in like ten seconds. But when he was a baby, he was never whiny. Like he would wake up hungry as an infant, and we honestly were scared like, is he okay? Because he would just kind of wake up and go. Oh. <laughs> uh, like you just kind of you know, noises yeah. or it wouldn't make loud noises you wouldn't cry and he was way lower and I'm like man we would have had him first and thought that's what a baby's like and then we had our daughter we'd blow our heads up because my daughter was such a loud crier
0: and
1: everything <laughs> but uh, yeah the, the, I mean when people say first off yeah I only have one daughter and one son I don't have every boy and every girl baby but I had other comics ask me like because I you know how a lot of people nowadays try and pretend there's absolutely no difference between boys and girls and it's all societal or whatever yeah I don't buy into that one bit my son 100% likes to break things he doesn't cuddle as much at all like I, for a while I thought my son didn't even love me because my daughter <laughs> loved to cuddle with me and always did and my son does sometimes but not nothing like my daughter uh, my daughter is much more you know just into you know pretty things and all that stuff. And my son loves to destroy things and throw things and my <laughs> son, are, oh, don't throw that and like you know they're so all the they have these stereotypical traits that the sure. genus have or whatever. but I'm not saying every boy like that every girl obviously because everyone's different but I
2: mean I, I, yeah, I, like, I think for the most part and from what I've seen little boys are just like that my, my, my buddy's my buddy's kids like a year older than mine and he's at this age where he he won't call his dad. Uh, my buddy, who actually you you've always reminded me of, Scott. He won't call his dad uh, dad anymore. He calls him Scott, and he'll just be like Scott, 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 Scott. He'll say it like thirty freaking times in a row, and he's like, "What, dude? I'm right here." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, man. It's definitely uh, it, it's definitely a, a thing. I don't know that you know. I don't know that we need to pretend that boys and girls are aren't different because they certainly are. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. So when uh, when's the last time you got to do stand up? Where were you when all when the when the world ended? Yeah,
1: you know, it's funny. I was working on a cruise ship, which is the thing where everybody. I was on. It's actually pretty funny because I was working on a Carnival cruise ship. So if anyone doesn't know about cruise ships, those are like you know the cheaper cruises. And if you do, uh, you know, a seven-day cruise, is going to be a different clientele than, like, a four-day cruise or a three-day cruise because the cheaper the cruise, the cheaper the clientele. And so the carnival cruises, the three-day cruises are the, pretty much, I think, the cheapest cruises you can get. I mean, maybe there's some – I've only been on cruises for, like, a year or two, and I found out there's, like, these other, like, small cruise lines that kind of do river cruises. I don't know anything about those, but – um so, car- three-day cruise on Carnival is already, like, I always joke I' be like that every race sends their worst. <laughs> That's kind <laughs> of the best way to describe it. And, uh, so, Carnival was doing this thing, like, they didn't stop, I think they were the last stop of all the cruise lines, I could be wrong about that, but they waited till the last minute to be like, okay, we can't do any more cruises, and that last cruise I was on was a three-day out of Long Beach. It's already a three-day cruise, but because so many people were canceling and everything, this was I think March twelfth through fourteenth. Because mm-hmm. uh-uh, so many people were canceling, and they're like, "Oh, like the, you know, this stuff was all starting to news and building." Um, Carnival was doing this thing where they go, they were charging people ten dollars.
0: I was gonna
1: say. Yeah, the whole room smelled like weed. The person who hosts the show—they're not really hosting. They don't—they're not a comic. They don't do time. It's just like a, somebody who works in the fun squad or something on the ship, and they go up and they kind of give the rules. So this guy's really nice guy, but he doesn't know how to handle a crowd. You know what I mean? Just like when a crowd knows how to be like, okay, guys, no talking during the show, right? But when it's like that, he was like, hey, um, okay, can you guys quiet down? Like everyone's kind of like, fuck well, okay, you. Of their own type of disruptive people. Like, everybody was fucked up. And I mean, there's probably the thing always sucks, and you know this too. This comic is like, I hate that I know there's some people in the crowd that are like, I just wanted to see a good comedy show, right? Right. And they're just not going to get material, and then and they're probably going to leave going, oh, all this guy does is shit on the audience. It's like, dude, there's nothing else to do. So I'm like getting an arguments with people, but it's like working well, because that's. Wants like they're all just thinking that's what the show should be and it was just like i mean these people were fucking animals and then i brought up the other comic and i didn't even see what she did we're talking about it and i mean that was that was kind of you have to do five shows each cruise, and every show was similar to that but i remember the first show that night um i'm up on stage and i thought it was going to be like another war but it wasn't as rowdy
0: yeah
1: and so it's so I'm like, all right, cool, in my head, I'm like, great, I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll do materials, so I'll start doing material, crowd's enjoying it, everyone's having a good time, I'm like, oh, this is cool, and then halfway through that, that fucking trashy white lady was like, you're fucking real, and I'm like, oh, this is not going to go away immediately at all, this, yeah. is, <laughs> this is here to stay for the rest of the show. <laughs> I was, saying it, and, and then so I'm like, making fun of her, because she's, Talking over when I try to talk, so I'm like, all right, well, I'm not gonna be able. To, in my head, i like, I'm not gonna able to do material anymore, and so I'm just kind of ripping on her, her boyfriend, or her husband, or whoever that was next to her. He's like, you know, it's like, yeah, man, she's whatever. Like, he's kind of on my side, yeah. So she wouldn't stop talking. So this was going on forever, and it was fine. because I'm like, whatever. I'm able to, I able. did some material to so do it. And <laughs> now this is happening. Everyone's laughing at this. And then, like after like five minutes of. <laughs> I turns on me. He's like, "Hey man, do not you just do your jokes now?" And I go, "Are you fucking turning on me now, dude?" I go, "I can't. I not control your check. I don't know what's going on. I can't just go back while she's you 'You're fucking real' over and over and over when man talk." So it's just and then I just shit on him for another two minutes. I'm just like eating up time. Yeah. And then the thing that's hilarious is they all left the show. People were like, "You did your thing, man." Like they all loved it. They're like, "This is what confidence should be." I'm like, "This is." I told my wife, I go. I don't even know what's going on up there. Like, <laughs> it's not real crowd work, and it's not definitely not stand-up comedy. It's just me,
0: just making fun of these people, and they love it, and they think that's what it should be. Yeah,
2: dude. Some of the shows like that are just they're just freaking Thunderdome. I mean, y- you're you're just up there, you're just up there doing the best you can. And and uh, what was she saying to you? You're real.
1: She kept saying you're fucking real, but it was like the most. Slurred sentence, and then you know, I, I'm not one of those comics by the way that like, uh, I mean, you've seen me, but I, I don't. Some comics, when someone talks, they, they immediately get mad. I never get mad because I'm always like, okay, so when I'm saying I'm shitting on them, I'm doing it like in a fun way, I'm not right,
0: hacking like, oh, okay,
1: you ugly bitch, like, I don't do that, whatever. Sure. Like, some comics I've like, seen immediately kick people out because whatever, so I'm doing it in a fun, lighthearted way, so that's why they think like, oh, this is fun, but she kept saying it. And then I was like, I know, like, I really appreciate that. And she goes, and it was one of those things where she was so messed up. She was like, you don't get it, though. Like, you, and she was saying she liked me. Like, this is why it's one of those things where I don't, I, I think, like, once or twice in my, probably twice I can think of my whole career, I actually got mad. And that was because um I, I could tell the people were trying to mess up the show. They weren't usually a heckler. People say, like, how do you handle I'm like, hecklers. Usually are, they think it's part of, the or they're drunk and they're, they don't realize that they're disrupting to the level they are. So I never really get mad at them because they're having a good time. Like, don't, wouldn't you agree 99% of hecklers are people who are like, I fucking love you, Jim!" like while you're trying to do your show. You're like, thanks, man. And then it just like keeps going or something.
2: Yeah, I tell people all the time, what you need to remember about hecklers, because people, you know, especially people starting out, they get nervous when someone heckles or, you know, they think everyone's looking at them and you have to say something really smart. You know, it's like, just give them enough time and they'll they'll do the work for you. They're generally not very smart people. Yeah. And they
1: think, like, that's how it should be. Or they're just messed up. They're they're having a good time. Like, this lady was one. She just messed up and she's having a great time. And I don't think she realized she'd already told me. Eleven times, how nothing
2: real I was, and she had to say it again because she thought it was the first time she was saying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the worst. Uh, one of the worst shows of my career. I was in Reno at the Laugh Factory, and the uh, it was should have been. I told this story a few weeks ago, but it should have been the best show of the week. But there was this woman up front. Her name was Patty, and she just kept saying, "I just have one joke. I just have one joke." And she must have said that fifty times during my set, and it was always. Like when I needed her to not be talking, you know, and, and she was doing it. And turns out they had she had paid the person up front fifty bucks to to uh, to sit right up front, so they weren't kicking her out or anything. But it was just the worst, dude. And by the end of it, I wanted to kick this lady in the face. I mean, I never, I never n- don't sell merchandise, and this was one of the few shows where I went, I left, went straight from the, sh- the stage up to my hotel room, and because I had another show, and I was so pissed off about it, but. Usually, I try to be pretty. What's that? She was saying I just have one joke, but she wanted to tell it. Yeah, and then you and they're like, "All right, we'll tell your joke." And then she and then she either wouldn't or she would fuck it up or I don't remember. I was just by the end of it, I was just so freaking tired of this lady Patty. I'll never forget her stupid face. Yeah. Yeah, those those are the worst to me. Is when people can't tell how disruptive they're being, and if you like, if you do say something too mean, you know, or or whatever, or jump on them too quick, then the audience just thinks you're a dick. There's all these little things that go into, you know, hecklers and and stand up in general that people just don't realize. Like my last show in Reno, that my last show was in Reno, at the uh, Laugh Factory, and and this little audience was just terrible, and I felt bad because, like you said, there were people in the crowd that I could tell. Just just came to the comedy show, you know, and yeah. and the, the, these other people were just fucking it up for him, and that, that's the worst. When you can tell they're people that like you can, you see the look on their face. They're like, "I didn't know that's what this was," and I'm like, "It's not supposed to be." I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> yeah. You can't do anything. Yeah. So, uh, are you are you worried about this? How long do you think this shit's gonna last?
1: I'm more worried about I don't know popular opinion but i'm more worried about how easily be um controlled that is mentally like they just i am not a big fan of uh, the media I, I think it's weird when people are telling you hey we got to get through this it sucks for everyone when they're making millions of dollars and they're not losing their job yeah and i uh i mean the first start i actually just, like wrote an article that I published on Medium, um, where when this first started, I uh, I was listening to the same experts everybody else is, but I was looking at the numbers the news was putting out, and all the numbers. Like I'm not a genius, I'm not a scientist, I'm not an epidemiologist, but just I know basic math and I know how to think for myself, and I'm like, well, these numbers don't make any sense. They're way out of context because they what they were doing. And I thought the news is still doing because I don't really watch the news that much. Uh, but what they were doing is, they would, uh, that makes you sound stupid, I'd find other ways
0: to get the news is what my point is. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> like cable
2: I, news I don't case. think it makes you sound stupid because if you listen <laughs> to just the news, you'll be severely misinformed, I feel like. Yeah, so what the news was
1: doing uh, is, they would be like, oh, there's, um, the, the doctors, all the, all the doctors were saying like, yeah, like, most cases are gonna, people are gonna be asymptomatic, so that means they show no symptoms, So they go, or they have no symptoms, so they won't even need to go to a doctor, let alone a hospital, and they go, but some people will get really bad, and some people, obviously, are dying from this, I'm not, like, I'm not saying like, this is a hoax or anything, I'm just saying, um, the way that, so, so they said that, right, and then they would go, um, there's, yeah, I'm just going to throw out, like, random numbers, but the list, like, there's, uh, you know, 50,000 confirmed cases, and there's this many confirmed deaths, and, they go, so the death rate is this. And it's like, how's that the real death rate when you just said you're only testing the most severe cases because there's limited tests? You just said most people who get it are going to be asymptomatic or have mild symptoms and they'll just recover at home. They want to go to a doctor, so they'll never be tested. So I go, those people aren't in the numbers. Yeah. they not included in, they're not in the denominator for the math. Yeah. And they, the news is just, and everybody online, like, I mean, I, I kind of like limit now if I go online because can't stand how dumb people are man like honestly and i'm not saying i'm smarter than everybody but like i'm sorry a lot of people are fucking stupid because i just posted a thing in i think it was in march and i go hey like this is what i've been saying beginning to my wife and i go that you know i just basically said what i said to you. and I, I posted a um a little clip of an article of these doctors uh, to, uh this guy uh i think aaron van david and Jake or something from Stanford who are scientists and epidemiologists and studies and stuff and they saying the same thing I was saying from the beginning about just these numbers being wrong and the math is wrong and these models are off and like that's not the real death rate. I think at the time it was like 3.5% or something. I'm like it's not killing 3.5% of people who get it. Yeah, It's killing 3.5% of the people right now who have been tested and we're only testing the most severe cases. You know what I mean? It's like, that's like saying, I'm trying my like, analogy right now to stop, that's like saying everyone who's shot at with a gun and you only count the people who were shot in the head and then say that's the death rate but you don't count the people who the bullets missed you don't count the people who were just grazed you don't count people who were shot in the leg and recovered and then you just go that's the death rate if you're shot at it's like well, what about those people who were shot at and then the bull never even got to and whatever it's just like it didn't make sense so i posted that and i didn't say anything like fucking maga or i
0: didn't say <laughs>
1: like you know uh broken at MSNBC, I, I like, I keep all political stuff out of it, and people were just, where are you getting your facts, man? And I go, the same place you are, and then I'm just thinking about it for two seconds,
0: yeah. and
1: it's just simple math, and people were like, oh, I'm going off the WHO, and I'm like, okay, well, first off, the WHO, I'm going off that too, and the WHO is in bed with China, the WHO covered up for China, like, these, these aren't, like, in dispute. like paid off from China the WHO said that uh, like early on in uh, January I think they were Yeah. I didn't even, like, I went to college for one year and didn't even go to my next, like, I'm not even an expert. And I knew this months ago. Yeah. So, I'm like, I'm, it's really weird how you see people online all day going, can you believe these people, you know, went out, but should, they should be locked up. Everyone needs to stay inside. And I'm like, how do you get herd immunity? Which, if you get herd immunity, people get exposed to it, then they don't become a host for the virus anymore. So yeah. The virus can't spread it easily. I'm like, how do you get herd
2: immunity if everybody just stays in their house forever? That was never the point. Yeah. Well, and my, my thing too is I'm like, you know, at, at first I, I, I think I was kind of one of those people that like, just stay inside, you selfish fucks. And then the more I, the more I, the longer it goes on and the more I see stuff, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if some of this isn't bullshit. Like, I'm not saying it's a hoax either, but I, I do think for some reason, they're they're blowing up the numbers and i i read something that said that a lot of a lot of people that that die of other things they're just labeling as a covid-19 death yeah. and and yeah. Uh, my other thing when when they when this shit first started about the like the old folks homes and stuff i'm like so are people that work in old folks home are they tested and people are like well i work at one and they just take my temperature and i'm like well if you're asymptomatic that means you have no symptoms. So what the fuck yeah. good does it do to take your temperature, just because you don't have temperature, if you're asymptomatic and you can still pass it on, then why don't we just make sure all the people who would be fucked if they got this, why don't we quarantine them and let the rest of us go about making sure the country doesn't fall into <laughs> yeah, the, the worst depression the we've ever seen? That's the, thing, the thing like, uh,
1: you know, I think, about the healthcare system being overrun. I was fine. I'm like, hey, two weeks, fine. I honestly think anything after two weeks, this is wrong. What they should do is, and people don't get this. It's very weird how, I saw Anderson Cooper, everybody was shitting on that Las Vegas mayor um, with that interview with Anderson Cooper. So I'm like, oh, I'll watch this. And I didn't watch the whole thing because I just got annoyed. And I'm not saying this mayor is like some genius or I'm on her side about everything in life. But when she was bringing up basic, you know, United States, constitutional freedom issues and some people are like what and i'm like why is she baffled by freedom all she's saying is is "This is what i'm saying like they should they should be like hey businesses uh, people you you are now free to you know go outside if you want if you are scared and you think like oh man people should stay home i'm gonna stay home that's totally fine i'm not mad at you stay home you can stay home businesses there's not every business is down the grocery stores are still open. A lot of businesses are still open, and they're doing things to self-mitigate. Like, you go to the grocery store, they're wiping down the cards with, you know, uh, sanitizer and stuff. They're, they have a big plastic barrier up in between the cashier and the people. They're not letting the stores be, like, super crowded, so they're they're monitoring how many people are out the oh, that's great. Businesses will find ways to operate to make people feel comfortable, and if they don't, people will be like, well, I'm not going to go over there because they're just packing people into that restaurant. That's bullshit. That seems a little bit too risky. And people will be able to make their own decisions for some reason, you know. And I'm it's like, and if people want, if they say, hey, you should probably wear a mask, you should wear a mask. If a source says, hey, to come into our store or our restaurant, you need to wear a mask, okay, wear a mask. Like, businesses can set their own parameters and get people back to work. And people can make up their own mind, man. Like, really, these people online are like, I can't believe people are going outside. They're going to kill us all. Like, you stay inside then. And if you think these people are so dumb, and they're risking their lives, then according to you, they'll be dead pretty soon, and then the whole world will be filled with people who agree with you. A lot of people don't understand that it's like all, I'm, no one's saying. Like the, the other thing that like, I saw a lot of people mad at that mayor of Las Vegas, they're like, she wants to open up casinos. She wants to give the casinos, and I'm sure there is some sort of political shit in Vegas. I'm sure there's some you know mob shit or something going on where they're like, hey, Goodman, fucking open up the casinos, or whatever. But um, all she's saying is the businesses should have the option to open up, and it's like then they can figure out how to open up. They can figure out ways to make you feel safe about coming there. It's like if you open up the casinos in Vegas, the mayor's not in any position to force human beings to go into the casinos. Right. You might open up the casinos and there's five people in there, and they're like, fuck, this isn't even worth being open. We might just close again until this is better. Or you might open it up and people are like, okay, like as long as, you know, we. We don't crowd the table. I don't fucking. I'm not in the business either of doing that. But, like, if you do stuff, then people are like, okay, well, we'll come out. But everyone thinks that if you open up a business, that means that governor or that mayor or that whatever is now somehow going to force people into the business.
2: Yeah, that, That's not what I'm
1: saying at all. People will make up their own minds.
2: Yeah, man. There, there's, You're right, though, about, the, about people online as far as they're just such dicks. Like, you don't even... If you just post something saying, like, like uh, the media is full of shit, that could be about a variety of reasons. But people are automatically like, oh, you're a Trumper? And, like, I didn't say that, fuckhead. I didn't say that at all. I didn't say a word about politics, you know, but they're all, yeah. they automatically just, we live in a world where people assume things, and, and for some reason they have no problem just insulting you right off the bat like I understand if I was a dick to you or we had some argument about it and then you finally decided to start saying shit but right out of the gate they're like you're a fucking dummy <laughs> Jesus oh, it, did,
1: people assume things. what's so weird is they respond to things that weren't even said like when I went to that well, that thing I posted in March um, some guy commented he goes hey man if it's just like the flu then blah 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 and I'm like I went back to my post like did I even mention the flu yeah, and I looked at it and I go, I didn't. I go, hey man, I go, I didn't use the word flu or influenza anywhere. Like, what are you even responding to? Yeah, like you're just you just saw a post that like went like you hadn't heard that before, and then said, oh, this guy must X, Y, and Z. Yeah, uh, he's
0: probably
1: comparing it to the flu because I heard that he's connecting so many dots just to be a dick. And it's like, dude, what are you talking about? Some other person responded to go. The point is, man, I swear this is true. This guy goes. The point is. You don't want to be part of the .00001% 0. 000 who gets it and dies. And I said to my wife, I go, this dude
0: should never leave his fucking house, ever. <laughs>
1: like oh cool like the government just sends me cash you know but once you start something it's really hard to not do it like if you go all out for your wife or something on her anniversary and then one year you don't yeah you're you know but you do something nice but not like all out she's like oh it's just Tim hate me <laughs> i mean and you're like no i just it's like no if you, if you get human beings used to something they expect it so
0: well you know, I, I don't know man the
1: whole thing makes me uncomfortable
0: well,
2: it's like they've been prepping us for this for years, you know, with Netflix and video games and shit delivered to your house. You don't have to leave your house ever, to you know, and all this, you know, and I'm not saying that that's, that's what they've been doing, but sometimes it feels that way. And there's all these other things that don't make sense, like how come small children don't get it or infant, you know, like I know they do, they say they do occasionally, but how come more of them don't get it, you know? And it's like, well, if they were, then the whole world would really be freaking out, you know, I... I just don't know what to yeah, think the half
0: the time. When people compare this to the Spanish flu or, or the Spanish flu or whatever it's called, they're they're like, this is
1: like that. It's like that, you know, like at a high rate, people who got it, it didn't discriminate age or anything. Most everybody dying from it is older and they have underlying health conditions. And, of course, there's going to be some outliers of like, oh, this person in their 20s got it or whatever. And most of those people you end up finding out had like, you know, bad asthma or something. But, mm-hmm. yeah, there's going to be outliers, but you can't, Make a case based on outliers. Yeah, that's why they're outliers. Like they they're. It's like this isn't not what this, is, this doesn't happen,
2: but it happened as one time out of you know millions, basically. Yeah. Well, and people are so sensitive these days. You can't even be like, um, you're at a greater risk if you're overweight or if you smoke. Be like, don't shame me. I'm not shaming you. I'm just fucking saying that's that's the that's a fact. If you smoke, if you're like I have a, a friend who's a nurse and and she was like. You know, a lot of the doctors, they don't, they, they have a lot less sympathy for people that, that have, that, that smoke and get this. Like, we've been telling you for years, smoking will kill you, and you're still smoking cigarettes. So, if you don't care about your lungs, why should we? That's why, that's what a lot of them, you know, their stance on it. They're like, well, fuck, we'll, we'll help the people we can, but a lot of you fuckers yeah. need to take care of yourselves, you know? Yeah. And, I mean,
1: it, the thing is, like, it's horrible when anyone dies, but they act like, told my wife from the beginning too, I said, if they focus on um, like heart disease death, I know heart disease is not an apple to with comparison because it's not contagious, but if they focus on how many people, you know, 1,800 people die every day in our heart disease, and that number is going to go up because that's, you know stress is going to cause more people to die that, but if they focus on that every day in the news, like, if every day they just hammered you with the heart disease death, then people would be like, man, like, maybe I shouldn't, uh, eat crappy food, but I should eat at McDonald's every day and stuff. But, but like who, who, who funds the corporate media? A lot of people that, some people who create heart disease problems in America. So, you know, it's like, it's like uh, you can, if you, the, the thing is, scares me is how easily everybody can be scared. I mean, I'm not saying it's contagious. I'm not saying it's not horribly sad people are dying, but you have to compare it to other things because you don't talk about all, all the other, you know what, um, the cafe standards are for cars uh no so i don't know what year this is but at some point they made I think it was like 40 years ago or something remember how cars in america used to be like real heavy and metal and whatever and uh they were safer like i mean they didn't have a lot of people well, back and they didn't have seatbelt stuff but as far as like if you got hit in that car you know you were more protected and now cars are made out of you know different materials that are lighter I think like fiberglass and all these different things Whatever, over I don't know if I'm right about fiber but basically cars are lighter so it's better for the environment
0: right yeah. yeah,
1: but because of the cafe there's like tens of thousands of extra deaths from car accidents a year like accidents where you wouldn't have died if you were in what the old standards were with cars Yeah. and now you're not that's like that's not talked about because everyone's like oh well it's better for the uh, um the earth and everything, that's the economy, it's coming with crypto. I meant like uh, the environment, right, it's better for the environment, so, so it's like, if you focused on that, don't you think, if the news every day talked about, the cafe standards of cars, and how it's killing all these extra people, don't you think people would be like, fuck this man, you can't have a car, I don't care if you get 10 miles a gallon, you feel safe, like nobody, people would think getting in their camera, was going to kill them.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, oh. I, sorry, go ahead,
1: you bring it up people immediately go well that's not contagious though man like i get it all i'm saying is you can pick a thing
2: and scare the fuck out of anybody yeah yeah and i don't i'm not sure what the what the end game of that is but there there does seem to be something you know like sometimes you'll read things and you're like how come the media never asks questions about that like like i'm not going to go down a nine eleven uh trail but that that building seven, major media has never once asked what about that third tower and how come that guy said that they pulled the tower even though you have to rig up an implosion weeks in advance and he said they just did it that day. That's clearly a lie. How come no one's ever fucking asked about that? You know, the guy that owned the lease on the World Trade Centers. Um there's all kinds of stuff like that that you're like, you know, like we read about some guy from Harvard that was in cahoots with China and was doing all this shit like on the it was on, like, the White House web page or something. But I never heard shit about it in the news. I'm like, well, isn't anyone interested in this guy from Harvard who was in cahoots with China that, you know, how come there's no fucking questions? It's just all about showing the protests and, you know, it, CNN now is basically just like, they're just a fucking opinion channel. I mean, you go on there and they're just like, here's why Donald Trump's an asshole. <laughs> For... yeah, the thing is that people still think that
1: they're not. And that's think, too, is, when people, you know, I'm, I have nothing, like, bad to say about, you know, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks who are, like, the ones that are, like, leading this whole thing. But another I think people don't understand is doctors, their job, like, their focus is just that. You know, their focus is this virus right now. So doctors, for some reason, Dr. Fauci is the one who's supposed to tell every, you know, municipality and every local government and every state government when they can do what they want to do again. That's not that guy's job. And like, they try and ask the questions. And I think he does the best he can being like, Hey, like I'm just talking about the virus, but one that they only, his only focus is the virus. This guy's not an expert on the economy. It's not his job to think about suicide rates. It's not his job to think about, you know, uh, stress related death. It's not his job to think about domestic abuse or all these other or crime going up. Cause that's not his job. And the media is pretending this guy is like a genius about everything. And he's a very smart guy, obviously, but his only focus is the virus. Yeah. And also, they, it's a, doctors are always erring on the side of caution. You know what I mean? Like, I remember, I give this example. I played basketball, you know, through high school. And my one year of college, I team in college. And I used to sprain my ankle a lot. And I had some bad ankle sprains. I never went and had to go to the doctor. I would ice it. I'd do the, just, the fluid out, and I'd just rested, it, and then I'd be back playing. So one time, I sprained my ankle really, really bad. And I was like, I, my parents were like, hey, we just go see if it's broken, you know? So it wasn't broken, and the doctor goes, "Not just a bad sprain, really bad sprain." And I'm like, "All right, yeah, I feel like I've had a sprain like this bad a couple times before." And he's like, he goes, "Don't," he goes, "You can't," he goes, "You can't play basketball for at least eight weeks." And I was like, "All right," and in my head, I'm like, "That's probably not the case," yeah, because I've had bad ankle sprains before, and I ice whenever, and then I'm back out there two, three weeks later. And I'm fine, you know? And yeah. that's exactly what happened. But that doesn't mean that that doctor is a moron. It doesn't mean he's an asshole. It doesn't mean he's a liar. His, I'm sure, eight weeks, if I were to stay up for eight weeks, that would have like totally buffered the whole thing and made sure 100% my ankle healed correctly, you know? Yeah. And I played again probably in two and a half weeks or something and I was fine. But eight, eight weeks would have been better. But his, but say I had like a huge, playoff game in, in three weeks. He, it's his it's not his job to be like, Oh, you got a huge playoff game. Well then my medical opinion changed. Yeah. You know what I mean? His, his job is to be like, Yeah man, my medical opinion's eight weeks. Uh but that doesn't mean I have to go, hey team, um, you know, say, like this hypothetical I'm like the best player and it's like this game is, you know, for the state championship or something, uh, and they need me. I not my job be like, Hey God, Dankle feels good, but uh like, the doctor would probably, off the record, be like, yeah, man, if I can feel fine, go ahead and play in that game, you know? Yeah. And he's like, I actually bet on that game, so get out there. I right? <laughs> like, you know. So, But it's like, people don't understand who they're listening to. Like, Dr. Fauci is not the president. He's not a governor of any state. He's not, and he's not trying to be. And the, and the media just props this guy up like, well, Dr. Fauci says it's like, yeah, dude, he's a fucking doctor, and he's only thinking about one thing. It's not his job to think about a thousand other things. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's why. I, going back to what you're saying about the doctor, like I, you know, I wrestled and I would tell people all the time, like they're like, I think I need to go to the doctor. I'm like, well, if you go to the doctor, they're going to tell you that you're done for the season because that's their fucking job. They're not going to be like, ah, I suck. You know, put some tape on it and suck it up. You'll probably be all right. You know, they they're they're always, like you said, going to err on the side of caution. So they can't just be throwing shit out, they're like, eh, you know, you'll you probably be fine. You know, you just go out there, wash your hands, don't be a dumbass. You'll be all right. You know, they can't say that even if he's thinking it. Yeah, because if they're wrong,
1: then it's their liability. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm guessing with the, about, you know, a pandemic-type situation, you know, you have to kind of operate off of the worst-case scenario, which seems like what they've been doing because their models have been way off. The models haven't even been closed. That's another thing. I've been, you know, trying to explain to people. I remember this, this one guy she listening to, he laid, laid out the the model they had. This is taking into the social distancing and the self-quarantining. And these models, the, the number of hospital um, visits or whatever that they, the model predicted, and this guy went state by state. And, dude, Tim, they weren't even, it wasn't even close. It was like this state, you know, they said there'd be 1,700 on this day. There was 205. This state, they said there'd be Seven hundred and whatever, there was three hundred. This state they said there'd be two thousand two hundred and fifty, there were three hundred. Like it yeah. wasn't even like half. Yeah. It was always just like a liver. And so but that's I'm guessing this is just me guessing about, but I'm guessing that's their job to be like, you know, we gotta this worst case scenario because if we say, hey, it's not gonna be that bad, and then it's worse than we say, then we look like jerks and we look like we don't know what we're doing. It's better for them to be safe than sorry. It doesn't mean that they control the fucking world
0: now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I remember a few weeks ago here in California, we're supposed to have like a hundred deaths a day or something, and I don't know if that's—I don't know if that's ever come to fruition. But those kind of numbers, it—it it sounds awful, you know. And then you think how big California is, and you're like, well, that's really not that fucking many. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then the people, and then you say that, and people be like, yeah, but it happened to someone in your family. It's like I don't want it, I not want anyone to die. Like yeah. it's not like, but it doesn't mean that people aren't dying.
0: What
2: I would like to know is how many people are dying strictly from coronavirus, because almost all of them have something else, and then they die, and then they're saying, oh, it was COVID-19. Well, was it, or is that just, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of shit I just flat out don't know, mainly what it's going to do to comedy. I have no fucking clue what's going to happen to our business, you know, I mean... That's, you know, if it's if it's highly contagious, like they're saying or whatever, a, a goddamn comedy club is about the worst place you could be in. People laughing and drinking and spitting all over each other and all that shit.
1: Yeah. I know. I think um my hope is, first of all, I don't know if it's going to with comedy, but my hope is that the more these numbers come out, like even in New York, you know, I saw a thing the other day that, uh again, it's like back to like what I was thinking from the beginning and saying from the beginning, they tested like they did like an antibody test and they basically predicted that fourteen percent, like thirty point nine percent of people in New York, um, have had it, right? They did like an antibody test. So that that changes their numbers that day was like they their total New York state deaths were like fifteen thousand seven hundred and forty. And if you did thirteen point nine percent of the population of New York it's like 2.71 million. Yeah. So if if you divide those numbers and those aren't, obviously there might be some more people who died of it that you don't know and there might be some that, you know, died, that they said died of it but they really died of something else but they were labeled it so Yeah. Hands after the show you guys to focus your hands before and after the show and uh take zinc
2: <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah man I mean fuck twenty twenty one I mean I know that I've had weeks already canceled in June and July and I've got some stuff and I've got one week in September and one in October and that's all I've got right now on my books and uh it fuck man i don't i don't know what to do and it's it's not only depressing from a financial standpoint which obviously when you're when you're spending money and not making any money it doesn't take long for all the money you have to fucking disappear but, but from you know i've been performing stand up uh, almost every week for 21 years and now all of a sudden i'm just like I just feel worthless. Like I do these videos and and you know my podcast and and I'm trying to do the best I can to you know stay relevant, I guess. But uh, I'm I'm used to having some kind of outlet, you know. Like I don't I don't I work out, but I don't have a lot of hobbies. I don't do a lot of shit besides so watch wrestling and take care of my kid. You know, I just I need to feel like I'm doing something with my life. You know, that's yeah. that's part no, I, of it.
1: I, I, yeah, but I don't- so even when there's no
2: quarantine before this, if I go too long, I like haven't done a set. I just get kind of get depressed. Yeah, yeah. I've been that way my whole career. Like if I'm off the, you know, if I'm not doing anything for two or three weeks or or whatever, you know, it, it's kind of fun. Like if you've been off for a while and then you go and you 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 do your show and it's almost like you're hearing the jokes for the first time and they just keep coming out the way they're supposed to, which is kind of fun. Yeah. But but other than that. um you know just kind of depressed and going through all my savings and it sucks. Yeah, it's not good. I I'm remember I'm being where I lived in Burbank. It, 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 uh, it I, wears on you mentally when you can't do what you're. You know how long you've been doing comedy now? Uh, July will be seventeen years. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Before, you're more uh... like I don't know. When I first started, climbing, it was kind of funny because I did like my that's like from my first set. But the first like six months, I did stand up. I wasn't yeah. really doing. I did a, I did like a couple shows a month, thinking that was what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And I remember, it wasn't until I met uh, Jamie Masada at the Laugh Factory, I did that stand-in line at the Laugh Factory thing on a Tuesday. Yeah. And then afterwards, he's talking to me, and he goes, he's like, Buddy he goes, you're funny. He goes, uh, another thing, he goes, how often are you getting up? And I was so proud of Tom. I'm like, well, I go, this was my sixth show. I go, new record. <laughs> like, I thought he was going to be like, oh, my God, man, you did six sets in a month? And he was like, no, 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 Bud. he goes, you have to get up every night. He goes, all the pro comedians, they get up every night. And I, I didn't know that. It wasn't yeah. like I didn't want to get up. I just had no idea that's how hard you had to work. Yeah. And I go, oh, go, okay. And then I worked at a restaurant at the time and I'd go, hey, I, uh, I'll take any day shift every seven days a week. I go, but I can't work nights anymore. And they're like, all right. And, um, and then I just, you know, I was, just went around coffee shops, AA meetings,
0: NA meetings, uh, swap meets, like any like, you know, yeah. I, I remember I heard was like a swap meet at a
1: around think most of you spoke english and i go up like some pop-locking kid and then like i go up <laughs> and people were just like this guy is terrible <laughs> there was a contest or something to, to, to
2: win a prize so i didn't win that's funny what's the uh we're gonna have to get off here soon i've got a, this other podcast i have to do in a little while but um uh, what's the worst gig you've ever done do you have one uh, yeah, I got a couple. one I always tell
1: people the worst is, so I got, I was like hip pocketed by this management company when I was young, which is now levity, but it was power entertainment at the time. And my manager at the time, the guy was like helping me out. was Like, Hey, I got this lady who wants to hire you to do her daughter's bat mitzvah. And I'm Jewish. And I, I was bar mitzvah, and I never saw, I went to a lot of bar and bat mitzvahs. Um, and I never saw a fucking comedian. <laughs> like I never saw an adult <laughs> stand-up comedian at any of them. You know? Yeah. Um, And so I go, "Geez, man, I don't know." If that's, like for me, I go because I've been to a lot. And she goes, "Well, you go. This lady wants to." He goes, "Look, man, goes. You want to do the it, hell gig for sure?" He goes, but "It's four hundred bucks. I have never gotten paid four hundred dollars to do stand up before, right?" Yeah. So the lady called. She's like, she wants to talk. She's like, she called me and then. She was like, yeah, I saw your picture. You're so adorable. Like, you'd be perfect. And I go, well, she wanted me to do a half hour, too. At the time, it was, like, really early on. I did not have a solid half hour. I definitely didn't have a solid, clean half hour. Yeah. So I go, well, look, man, I go, I don't, I've never done a gig like this. I go, all my gigs are, like, bars and um and, like, you know, comedy clubs and stuff like that. And she goes, No, you'll be you'll be perfect. You'll be perfect. I I go, Well like, what are what about content restrictions? And she goes, Oh don't worry, my daughter's hurt it all. And I'm like, What about all the old people and the other kids? You know what yeah. I mean? Like what about <laughs> the
0: other people? Under- and all of them, she was perfect Like their family they were orthodox. Yeah. Which if you
1: don't if anyone doesn't know listen, that's who that's what you're it's, like, it's like super Jewish. Like those are the people who are super strict. Yeah. And I went to a conservative temple, which is kinda like mid level and then like reform or reconstruction, is was kinda like lower level. But anyway Orthodox is, like, more religious than, than what I grew up with. And so I, was, I told the thing, like, I really don't think I'm good for this gig. And she just kept saying, you know, wait a wanted me to do it. I'm like, all right, fine. I go to this thing, and she would, like, parade me around the party for, like, a while. Then she puts me up at, like, 11.15 at night. And this was in Hollywood. These people, I don't know what they did, but they had money. Like, it was, like, a big place, and it was really huge. I know everyone thinks every Jew has money, which isn't true, but like these people did. And she puts 1115 like, on stage. It's this huge room. The kids are like all way in the back just sitting down. Um, you know, there's it's always, it's like, a, it's like a horrible gig. Even if I was, you know, even if it was at this point in my career, it'd be like, this is a bad setup for stand up, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And even you know, if everybody were there for the comedy and, uh, and they weren't kids. I go up there and I'm like, I got to start trying to, you know, fill some time. First thing out of my mouth, I was like, hey, you know, like, let's hear it for Jacqueline, you know, whatever. She's going to have a day and then some people cheer. And I go, I go, so I go, so how was she at the temple this morning? And what I meant was like, how, because I've studied for like nine months from my bar mitzvah and I had to read from the Torah and I had to do an a pop and I had to like do all these blessings. I had to, you have to learn a ton of shit. Yeah. I had to do it all in Hebrew in front of the whole congregation. So I go, how was she at temple this morning? And this old lady goes, what's your problem? This is like the first thing that happened on stage. And I have 30, and I don't have 30. And I go, what? And she goes, I go, no, I'm saying, how is she? How? And I'm looking around, I'm like, thinking everyone's going to be like, hey, this old lady's being a bitch. But every, no one cares about what she was doing. Like, they were wondering what I was doing. Yeah. And I go, I'm just saying, how was she at temple this morning? services, you know, like, reading from the Torah. And she goes, we're Orthodox. And I go... I know. Like, I had no idea what the lady's ta- point was. And I go, I know. I go, so, what, I mean, so she must have had to do a lot. And she goes, she's a girl. And I go, yeah. I go, what's happening? And I was like, did I say bar mitzvah? Because like, when a girl gets bar, it's called a bot mitzvah. I go, did I actually say bar mitzvah or something? I said, Bot, right? she goes, she's a girl, we're Orthodox. And I go, what like no one you know you like look at the audience like hoping someone will be like hey we're gonna calm down this lady for you so they can do your thing yeah everybody's looking at me like yeah man what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> and i had no clue what's going on apparently I found out in that moment girls don't have to orthodox don't Every day. you not to hire me for this. I guess. she was like, You're lucky you got that. She goes, Like, I, I can't believe you're asking for the rest. And I go, ma'am, I go, I told you like so many times I'm not ready for this gig and you wanted to hire me because you said my headshot was cute <laughs> and I go, I told you this is a bad gig for me to do. I go, You can't be upset that you made a bad purchase Yeah. <laughs> and I go, Where's the other two hundred and seventy five bucks? She's like, Can I ever get you two hundred and seventy five bucks She's like you're lucky you got you got you were terrible. You bombed I go, I know I bombed. I was there. I go, I didn't think it was even worse for me <laughs> Yeah, so that was a terrible gig, and I got like semi stiffed on it. But uh, <laughs> still
2: a fun story, dude. That was a hilarious story. I was, I'm, I, I have seriously have tears in my on my face right now because cause I've I've been there. Like I haven't done that gig, but I've done that gig, and uh, <laughs> and it's people just people think
1: like people think up I mean, this lady I have no idea you're doing, but even now people will see you at a club and. I mean, I, this one guy hired me, this is not a long story, I know I just told a long story, and I have to go too, but this guy saw me at, uh, he hired me for his um, wife's birthday party, and he wanted me to host something, you know, I hosted it, and I did like some stand-up at the end, and it was like this backyard of this restaurant or boutique type place, and it was actually fine, you know what I mean, like it went really well, like I, I kind of did really, really well, yeah. but as long as it was one of those gigs, I'm like, man, this people are standing up, they're outside, it's whatever, so then he goes, I want to hire you for my, my uh, company party, and that thing was just set up like shit, man. And I'm like, this is going to be bad. And it was that, It wasn't. It wasn't like as bad as that other story I just told. But I'm better now and everything. I have all this different material and I have more tricks in my bag, I guess. Yeah. And, but it wasn't great. It definitely wasn't like the other one. And he was like, man, that was awesome. Like people were laughing at some stuff, but it was, a lot of people weren't. And there's just a situation where no one wanted stand up. Like when he said, hey guys, I'm surprising you all. I, I, I got a comedian for tonight. There were, like, five people that were like, yeah, and everybody else was like, what? Like, we're just drinking or with our spouses or, our, you know, our significant other, like, we, we're just having, this is like our company Christmas party. Like, we don't want this right now. It was at a bar, and it was like, there weren't good seats. You know, the lighting was shitty. It was just like, yeah. and it wasn't as good as the other one, and I'm just like, fuck, man. People think you could just do what you do in any environment, and it's going to, the vibe's going to be the same.
2: Yeah, it's it's not it's not the same thing at all, and and. And you're right, people just think that, you know, that you can, you're a comedian, you can do it, just just go with it, make something funny out of it. And it's like, well, I'm not a goddamn... <laughs> yeah. I'm not a superhero, you know, like, some things just aren't... Like, I told somebody the other day, I was like, just because you can do 45 minutes at a bar, doesn't mean you can do 45 minutes at a comedy club. It's just not the same thing. And yeah. until you you've felt that, you don't, you know, you can't understand it, but... Yeah, man. Uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff we didn't get to talk to about, but this was uh, this was fun. Uh, is there anything you want to plug or anything before we get out of here? Let's um,
1: talk about our kids. I do have a children's book that people, had, like I'm really proud of. And I was selling a lot of them after shows, but now I'm going to have to find a good marketing strategy <laughs> to yeah. sell them online more. But uh, if people just go to thedifferentbook.com, they can see
2: the book, and order it there. There's different way to order it, so it's just uh, differentbook.com. Okay. Um, I'm
1: really proud of that. So. Cool, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, and if you want me back on, talk about whatever else, I uh, have a lot of
2: time right now. So. Yeah, well, we all do, unfortunately, so absolutely, man. I'd love to have you back on, and uh, hopefully I'll see you sooner than later. All right, buddy. Stay well. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Bye-bye. Beep. All right, everybody. That was very funny, Jeff Keith. Uh, yeah, but well, there's a lot of stuff we didn't get into that we did. Uh, we did some military gigs together that were they were good and bad. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about those. And there's a lot of stuff we didn't get to. But he's a really funny dude and uh, really funny guy. If you ever really funny and clean, like he he doesn't have to go dirty by any means. Um, and he can so he can do any kind of environment, whether it's corporate or college or cruise ship or comedy club uh he's, he's really good and really funny and a good dude so uh yeah we didn't get to tell our chick-fil-a story or anything but i'll have him back on and uh and we'll we'll talk about all that stuff but thanks for listening everybody make sure you go to making it happen.com m-a-c-a-n-it-happen.com help out little Bo making and his family my website is com. if you haven't subscribed to my youtube it's youtube.com slash Gaither and, uh, yeah, I really need subscribers and all that. So, as always, thanks for listening and, uh, God bless all of you. Take care. Bye.